You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome to Shot of History. Welcome back to Shot of History. I'm one of your hosts, Stephanie. And I'm the color man, Big Dev, to hizzle, to hizzle, to hizzle. <laughs> and we're starting this show all by our lonesomes here. Yeah. Which is, you well, know, I mean, technically. Well, we're not our- lonesome because there are two of us, but usually we have like a third or fourth person in the room, but you know. We only have so much studio time, right, right. so we when somebody's running a little late, we got to do what we got yeah, to do. Yeah, we got to get the show on the road. I know, totally. Uh, so is this is going to be airing what in like a week? Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. It depends on what our special uh, special guest brings to the table. Ooh, that is true. That is true. So maybe not. So this is going to air sometime in the next six weeks. <laughs> Correct. Yes, beautiful. All right. Oh, you know what? Actually, hey, Cal just look, showed up. Look at so that. we just, just started recording, Cal. Come on in. <laughs> um, so while we're waiting for him to settle in, which will only take a second, how are you, Dev? How's life? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, it's life. It's uh, <laughs> it's life. It's fast paced and uh, killing me slowly. Uh, <laughs> Cal knows. Cal knows what's up. Hey, Cal. Hey. How's it going? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a while. I know. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. I feel great. <laughs> you look great. You're smiling. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I got a lot of sleep last night. Bachelor party. Oh. oh. Bachelor party. Last bachelor party I'll probably have to do because it's like we all know we're like, I think you're the last guy in our group. Well, you're the you're... last guy in the group to like take that plunge. <laughs> I was like, don't do it. <laughs> nah, he's a good guy. So last guy from the group. So once we all have oh, kids yeah. and they start getting married, then we'll start doing it again. Uh, there you go. Uh, so I'm going to start off today as historian and we're going to be talking about, um, well, I don't even think I have to announce. I'm going to, I'm just going to read a little something and hopefully our listeners will know who this is. Um, for the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee and the stars never rise. And I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide, I lay down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride in her sepulcher there by the sea in her tomb by the sounding sea, which that was written for, uh, for Edgar Allen's Poe's dead wife. Oh shit. I was like, man. Eminem is stepping up his <laughs> Yeah, that was that's the last paragraph of Annabelle Lee, and it actually came out after he died, but he wrote it. Um, Welcome back, everybody, to the death hour. <laughs> right? And then he died. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. It's, we all know that he died. This, right, we're, right. Talk, we're talking history here, exactly. so most of these people are dead. Not all, but most. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, the life and times of Edgar Allan Poe. And before we do that, though... You know what we have to do. 
Our, our shot? Our, our shot. Everybody got one? <laughs> I got one. All right. Cheers, yeah. you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Here we go. Woo! That 10 o'clock shot always hits me like a mm. bullet to the head. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's letting it. <laughs> it depends on how much he drank last night, whether or not that yeah. was a good thing. Mm. <laughs> oh, I wish... Terrible. All <laughs> oh. right. That's why I brought it. It was, a sign, it was a sign of shitty whiskey. That was not. Uh, but given, given the name, given yeah, the name, yeah. he's been shitty to black people for a very long time. That was Jefferson's. Yeah. Okay, Jefferson's yeah. bourbon. So uh, I've tried yeah. it before. It's, well, not, that, it's not bad. Well, that bottle. That bottle came with a two dollar bill on it, so you got a two dollar refund. Because oh, it's that no. shitty. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I drink worse. I used to drink uh, Royal Canadian. Uh, yeah, it's definitely better than that. that is uh, cheap, cheap that, whiskey. That was like when I was super broke and like a bunch of us wanted to get drunk and like go to or like go to the beach and get drunk and we're like we don't have we have like ten dollars yeah. we can get like a liter hell yeah. a gallon of royal canadian let's do this and it comes in a plastic bottle so yep. environment exactly <laughs> we do our dinner event at our house every sunday yeah and that's that's what's out for people to drink yeah and then i have my nice yeah. stuff yep. Yep. well see up. it's a, it's good if you mix it but if you drink it like it's tolerable <laughs> not good okay it's tolerable if you mix it but if you drink it straight it is disgusting yeah. <laughs> bottom, bottom, bottom shelf. Cal is real str- really struggling with that, Jeff. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all around my heart right now. Like, uh, okay. All right. So, well, I'll get us started here. Um, I, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's been an inspiration for me in writing, and I've read like most of his stuff, but I didn't really know a ton about his life. There's actually a movie that came out that uh, starred John Cusack, where he played Edgar Allan Poe, and I think it was called The Raven. Okay. And it came out several years Wasn't ago. Wasn't that a thriller, though? Um, well, yeah, it was because it speculates on how Edgar Allan Poe died, which we'll get to because there's, like, a huge controversy surrounding it and nobody still knows what happened. Um, so we'll start. First, he was born. In order to die, you must <laughs> yeah, yeah. be brought into this world. Okay, so he was born um, on January 19th, 1809. Um, his parents were traveling actors, Elizabeth Poe and David Poe Jr., um, I guess the dad kind of walked out early on, like after he was born, you know, as you mm. do. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> As shitty dad do. Yes. Right, yes. And then um, like three years later, uh, his mother died of tuberculosis. So he was three when he had no parents. So um, God just basically hates this guy. Right. He, he didn't have like a really good start off in life. This um, explains so much. That, right. <laughs> That's why all of he's got this like gothic macabre yeah. uh, style, which I appreciate. But, you know, um, so he was born in Boston and then so his parents die and he gets taken in by this rich tobacco family, uh, John and Francis Allen. And so he moves to Richmond, Virginia. So they had a crappy relationship, <laughs> needless to say. So they take this kid in, but then they kind of treated him like garbage. Mm. Um, well, because John wanted him to go into the family business of tobacco because, you know, money. There's a lot of right. money in tobacco. Right. Apparently, these people were rich and they were like, let's let's keep being rich. <laughs> keep doing this. And he was like, no, man, I just want to write. So he used to write on the back of like the ledgers that they kept for business um, mm. that his dad, John, kept. And his you know, dad got – well, his adopted father got really, really upset with him. Um, and he's like, OK, I'm going to send you to college. going to send you to college. 
So he sends him to college in 1826, but he only sends him with like a little bit of money, like not enough to pay for everything. So it's kind of so like basically a- every college student experience. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your ramen noodles. Yeah. See you in, see you at Christmas. Right. Basically, right? Okay. Right. Basically, and I mean this guy's rich, but he's a, again a strained relationship. So he's just he's like here. Basically, I'm going to give you ten dollars, and you need a hundred dollars yeah. to finish right. college. Right. Um. He did really well in his classes. You know, top of the class, but he didn't have money, so he started gambling to you know try to like take care of his like living on campus. He went mm. to. I have no money. See, How I'm, can I rectify here's, here's the deal. I'm, Let's gamble. I'm looking yeah. at a picture of Edgar Allan Poe right now, and I'm and I'm picturing him like in a back alley, like throwing <laughs> dice. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the gambling uh, game was like back then, but he was doing something like that. Okay. Um, so he was at the University of Virginia. Um, again, did well in <laughs> class, but basically was set up to fail by his his you know, adopted father. He was burning furniture of like before he ended up leaving the college, he was burning his own furniture in his dorm room for heat because he couldn't afford like, you know, heat for his room. Right, right. But he tried. He tried to stay and finally he just kind of had to give in. Um, you know, obviously you can't live somewhere for free yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, Did he have a, see now hold on. Back up. He's setting his furniture on fire. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is back when you get to, you went to college and you would br- bring your own furniture because there's no way you're burning the, the school's furniture. Did he have like a corner dorm? Because I'm thinking if he's in the middle of the dorm, <laughs> he also set the entire building on fire. This seems you know, I don't know, and I you know I wish like because it's funny. There's a lot of really great detailed stuff about him, um, and almost every single one tells like the same story. But there's a couple of like things that are left out in each one. I have a um, feeling he was at one of those Richie colleges where each dorm room was like actually half a mansion. Fireplace, a fancy room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, his dad was wealthy. It's probably how he got into university right. to begin with. So, um, yeah. So he was forced to drop out, and um, he went back home. Come to find out that his neighbor, who was also his fiance, was engaged to someone else. She, mm. you know, and he was only gone for like basically what's the equivalent of one semester. Of so course. she she exactly. got bored. She was like, yeah. I need to find long, me a new man. Long distance relationships never work it, out for you know three whole months, man. <laughs> super hard. <laughs> Things moved quicker. Back wait, then. wait. Did this mean that he was Mister Steal Your Girl? I feel like that's what's happening <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. She was engaged to someone else, and he just kind of steps in. No, no, no. No, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. Yeah. Oh, no. His fiance was engaged to somebody else when he yeah. came back. He was Mr. Oh, Loser Girl. Oh, Mr. Loser Girl. Yeah. Girl. Okay. All right. So, you know, another another little heartbreak there for, for Edgar. Uh, he ended up staying with his dad in the mansion um, for a little bit afterwards, but like they, they continued to fight about his career path. And Poe finally just said, like, screw this. I'm going to go be a writer and I'm going to go have adventure. And he just is like, peace, walks out of the place. And then it's, it kind of worked because um, he wrote his first book, uh, Tamerlane, at 18 after he left you know, his family home. And uh, then he enlisted in the army. And so he was in the army for about two years. And then his mom, his foster or adopted mom, mm-hmm. uh, got really sick with tuberculosis again. So his first mom dies of tuberculosis. His you know, adoptive mom is dying of tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So they let him leave to go see her. And by the time he gets there, she's already dead. 
you know yeah, so as you do yeah, right you know nothing is working out for this guy yet, yeah. yet in life so <clears throat> it's kind of crappy um so then he goes to um he enrolls at uh, west point mm-hmm. because you know he was in the military he was making money there yeah. and you know having adventure so he decides okay well i'll go to west point and his dad helped him get in oh, even well, though even though they hate each That's other how you get into west point <laughs> well yeah his his dad had tobacco money yeah, so exactly. you know but apparently he gets kicked out after like eight months because he's just like not not because he was like a he's pit. the goth kid. Well, yeah, he was yeah, really emo. He sat in the kid. corner <laughs> and he was bringing everybody down. You know, goth kid with a silver spoon in his mouth. Yeah. Right? Woe is me. Woe is me. You, you don't even understand my life. <laughs> he's drinking top shelf whiskey. <laughs> Drown his sorrows. Yeah. Yeah. So you know he gets kicked out, and of course he has nowhere to go. So he goes back home again. Um, but this time he goes back to his original uh, city where his, fir- you know, his actual parents lived, and he's looking goes back to Boston, gotcha. <laughs> right? Um, and well, actually, he ended up in his his father was from Baltimore, so oh, okay. he goes to Baltimore because he knows That's that way worse. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that there's family there, so he's like, okay, I have to find. I'm poor. Was I have it, no wasn't money. The wire shot in Baltimore? Uh, maybe. Yes, it was. That was years later. <laughs> was years later. So Edgar Just, Allan Poe. Like, Life is setting the the stage for what happens in the yeah, wire. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was like five years later that they started. <laughs> it's like the wire begins. Yeah. Is, is Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe's the prequel, Life. The prequel yeah. to the wire. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he moves. You know, he goes to Baltimore and he's like, "Hey, any family want to take me in? I'm broke." And <laughs> of course, a lot of them were like, uh, "Who? Who the hell are you?" Yeah. New phone. Who this? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Uh, and then um, his aunt Maria Clem <laughs> took him in and basically like was like a mother figure to him. She had a daughter named Virginia. And so Poe used to use her to like send like love letters to his love interests. But then he ended up falling for her. And back in the day, marrying a cousin was actually very normal. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they ended up together. This is super, and, super redneck. <laughs> well, like if, yeah. if your family tree doesn't fork. <laughs> you might be a red. Well, put yeah. that out there. It was definitely uh, way more common to marry yes, your cousin it, it, it than your, your brother or sister, right. or, unless you were royalty. And then it was just like, hey, just keep it in the family. <laughs> yeah. But no yeah, mixing races. Yeah. No mixing races. You can marry your own family. No mixing yeah. races. <laughs> I have to wait for the loving case. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. You can keep keep going. Nope, I'm done. I'm done. You know? Keep going. <laughs> um, so he didn't really like make a name for himself until he won this short story contest. Um, and that was uh, – it was sponsored by the Saturday Visitor, which was a popular uh, like little magazine at the time. <laughs> Saturday Visitor? Uh, yeah. I don't really understand the name. Maybe because it was – you know, it came out on Saturdays and it – Visited I, your house? I, I don't I, know. I, I don't that actually sounds names. reasonable. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's when it was delivered. It had to be Saturday. I'm going to Google this right now. Yeah. Okay. Google. Thank you, Google. <laughs> I know. Um, and like right before this had happened. This sounds like some uh, low level uh, creeping on someone's house. Damn, the Saturday visitor. Saturday visitor is back. <laughs> Rummaging through everybody's cars if you leave your doors unlocked. If we just ignore him, he'll go away. <laughs> Uh, and so right before he um, wins the short story contest, his father, his adopted father dies and he left Poe out of the will. But g- guess who he put in the will? His, an illegitimate child that he had with some other woman. Oh, baby mama. <laughs> right. Oh. I'm like, that. Has, like he was basically saying, fuck you. 
Yeah. Even after death. He he just had had it with Poe. Like, and, you know, before John, you know, died, they had tried to patch things up a couple of times, but they always ended up butting heads. And yeah. finally, John was just like, I don't want anything to do with you. And I'm pretty sure that was his final F you was like, you're not getting my money. <laughs> so now he's out of the picture. Poe's starting to, like, you know, get somewhere. He's made connections from the, winning this uh winning this contest and so he uses these connections um to get an editorial position at the southern literary messenger in richmond so he was there from uh 1835 to 1837 and he basically um said that he was let go because of alcohol or something um it, apparently he had a little bit of an issue with alcohol according to this, but there's something I'm going to get into in a minute that might discredit this. Okay. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Um, he did work for a ton of other publications and he was actually known as the Tomahawk man because he was such a vicious critic to other, uh, you know, his peers, to his mm-hmm. literary peers. That's I mean, not he, insensitive at all. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, Tomahawk man. Like he just cut everybody to shreds and people loved it. Like people were eating it up, you know, when he was doing editorial work. Um, But that's also what they're saying is part of why he got fired because he was pushing too hard and being too, you know, off color and, you know, it was upsetting people, which, you know. You don't want to burn bridges. That's all I'm saying. You can't sit there and talk shit all day and hope to keep your job. Really? That's literally what we do today. Well, but yeah, but we don't. We don't. You we don't want to get... Roseanne bar yourself. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly. <laughs> oh my God! You, where's the bell on that know, one? Right? Oh, oh, it's, oh it's, there's it's, a cord. There's a cord. cord. There. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Editing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, then, the Raven, which is I think probably the most memorable. Uh, poem that he wrote uh, came out in 1845 and it basically turned him into an overnight literary like sensation. People all of a sudden loved him Mm -hmm. and, you know, took him more seriously because he had, you know, he had published a couple of other things between the first book and this one, but this was like the one that kind of like, you know, skyrocketed him. Um, You know, he was famous in his own lifetime. It wasn't like, oh, he's, he wrote all these things. He died, you know, not, not famous. Well, because you know that's that's what happens with a lot of these people. Like they'll, they'll oh, like write a Van bunch Go. of stuff. Yeah, they'll like, write or draw a bunch of stuff, and then nobody's like, "Ah, oh, this looks like sh- shit." And then you know, decades later, people will be like, "Oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever I've ever uh, seen." Right. Well, I think that he had like a very small amount of popularity while he was alive compared to what he has now. Got now it. we know like he's influenced all these other writers, including H.P. Lovecraft. So we're talking about like some of the greatest literary minds on the planet. So right now he would be like hanging out at, like slam poetry events. Oh yeah. Like, no, like- he would be, he would be legit. <laughs> so yeah, I mean he, he, he got some amount of fame, but he always struggled with money and had um, issues with keeping jobs. Um, you know, he married again, he married Virginia, um, his cousin Virginia, who was 13 years old at the time, he was 27. She what? was 13. That was normal. So he was a pedophile. Well, but we're talking about a time when this was normal. Nowadays, pedophile. Back yeah, then, yeah. eh? He I mean, he's not even doing the half your age plus whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like there was a senator the other day who was like, "Well, they taught they did this in the Bible," and we're all like, right. "What?" And your Allan Poe was a pedo. Yeah, yeah. pedo, pedo Poe. Yeah. I don't, that's gonna. Ha- that's how I'm gonna refer to him from now on. But he was also a poet superstar. So yeah, 
We're just going to let it go. There we go. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he worked like, you know, so they got married and, you know, he's working. He, he does the Raven in 1845 and he um, starts to advocate. Well, I mean, he always advocated for uh, writers getting better pay because, as I know, writers don't get paid jack shit. Um, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I know. The, uh, you have to be Stephen King level to be getting paid. I've never even heard of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen who? <laughs> You're just making that guy up. I, I did. I invented him. <laughs> but, you know, um, so he's struggling with money and advocating for higher wages, um, you know, for writers. So that's kind of like, and he got in the lecture circuit uh, in New York City. So he was trying, you know, he was doing kind of a lot of um, av- advocacy and uh, lecturing about um you know, literary works, and it was kind of his jam. So he finds out um, that his wife is sick. Guess guess what she was sick with? Tuberculosis? Oh, my God. You're such a genius. <laughs> I was uh, going to go rickets, but that's right. not. Yeah, I was going go, right. to go cholera and say love in the time of cholera, but, you know, that was too spot on and wrong yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, well... It kind of went down like this, like they were in the city, but then there was like these rumors going down, like that he was messing with a married woman and her health was getting worse. So they ended up like going out to this cabin, cabin in the woods, you know, mm-hmm. and she was 24 years old and then she died. Um, and, you know, they had been together for, you know, since she was 13. This is like the love of his life. And so it kind of devastated him, obviously. And he didn't write for a while. And people were like, this, he's, he's going to die. Two years later. After doing, you know, some more circuit work, um, you know, like doing the lecture circuit, um, he had gone back to uh, Richmond in uh, 1849. Yes, that is correct. Uh, And he reconnected with his first fiance who hoed him out for another man (laughs) because by now she's widowed. So he's like, all right. Did I'm he, lonely. Did he die of tuberculosis too? Because that would be like just kismet. <laughs> no, we nobody knows how he no. died. We're okay, we're almost right. there. We're almost. It's to that. weird about that now because when I was a kid, you went and got like a little pinprick. Yep. The the TB time test, the tuberculosis time test, right? And nobody dies of this anymore. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not a thing unless you live in a country that doesn't have you know access to to vaccinations or yep. proper medical care. But you know this was killing people, and this is like in the 1850s still. So I mean, if you think about, I mean, we're in what 2018. In the span of, you know, life, you know, how how long we've been on the planet, it's not really that long ago that people were dying. There's an island near Rikers that they turned into a tuberculosis ward and it's abandoned now, but uh, they were... Probably no no longer necessary when you think about it. Yeah, no no longer necessary, but it was uh, like right after World War I, they converted this place to a tuberculosis ward and it's pretty crazy. Like people just got sent there to die. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, there wasn't really anything they could do. They could make you comfortable, right? but they couldn't really... There was no cure for it. So... Um, he goes back in 1849, uh, reconnects with his first fiance, and her name was Elmira Shelton. She had become widowed, so they had decided, okay, let's get engaged. We're going to get married. We're both lonely. Um, he had a, a trip that he had to take, um, Philadelphia, New York, doing more lecture stuff. Uh, on his way to Philadelphia, um, he stopped in Baltimore, and he just disappeared for five days. Nobody knew where he was. Um, and he was found in the bar room of a public house that was being used as a polling place for an, uh, a current election. Um, okay. Basically, 
nobody like he was found like disoriented uh he, nobody like he couldn't even like explain what had happened or why he was just lying there like that so i'm gonna they, try this at the next at, at the midterm elections i'm gonna try this i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a five-day bender and just wake up in the middle of the middle school's gymnasium floor while people are voting around me <laughs> sounds like what he did like yeah. everything we, we we view through the lens of the present right well, right i go to the local middle school and vote right how did he stay there for five days at a voting location. I don't well, know. maybe they found him like the day of the vote. Like he was there five days before, like for maybe. four days before. And on the on the fifth day, <laughs> he wakes up and people are just yeah. like. <laughs> well, and like he couldn't, like I said, he couldn't even explain anything. And so one of his uh, magazine editors that he had worked with uh, sent him to Washington College Hospital, and he died uh, several days later. Again, there nobody knows what he died from. There are. <sighs> Okay, so there's this guy who he totally slammed in some of his, you know, critique work when he was writing for these ma- uh, magazines named Rufus Griswold, and he wrote this terrible obituary for the author because he felt obviously slighted by the man. Right. So a lot of what people think of, you know, they think of him as like a drunkard, a womanizing madman that had no friends and had no morals. This was all written in his obituary by an enemy. So a lot of people have these ideas about him now, but... This, this, they're not substantiated. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was kind of an ass for being a dick to like all his friends, his right. literary peers. I shouldn't right. call them friends, but I mean that was kind of his thing, and that's what got him, you know, to be able to create some of the stuff that you know is like legend now. Right, right. Was he writing like? <clears throat> So exactly how was he addicted to his contemporaries? Was he writing like diss poetry? Basically. Well, no, he like was Drake writing – Like Drake versus Pusha T, that kind of deal? Well, like <laughs> kind of, but like he was doing it like editorial style. Okay. Not, like, right. not like, you know, poetry, but like editorial style. Okay. And he was just basically saying like this book that came out by this guy was t- like oh, trash. So not, nothing like yeah. bylines are whack, nothing like that. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, I, right. I wish I could find – you know, I'd be interested in reading some of these uh, these articles and I'm sure they have them somewhere. They actually have like the Poe Museum, which I really want to go to. Um, and I got a lot of the information from there it's the most accurate site that i could find because they i mean they have scholars that study him um so yeah like people say oh he died of alcoholism he died of like uh there's a hold on there's like a list of things that they said he died from and it's like okay here we go um alcohol brain congestion i don't know what that is if tuberculosis is not on this list i'm going to be surprised (laughs) Well, no, it's totally on the list. (laughs) It's totally on the list. Uh, So cholera, drugs, heart disease, rabies, suicide, tuberculosis, and other agents. I've heard the rabies one. That's the only one I've ever heard. Okay. I don't know why, and I'm not a Poe expert. I've never really studied anything about Poe, but I heard something about – uh, rabies and and being found in a ditch. That was (laughs) – that that might be completely false, the ditch part. But I have heard the rabies part. Oh, yeah. Well, and to this day, it's nobody really knows what happened. And it's so funny because, like, we can we discover how anybody dies now. It's like we have the CSI teams and, like, you know, all the labs that do all the lab stuff. Right. Dexter. Yeah. The blood splatter experts, you know. And But Dexter did it. Let's yeah. just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's the one who did it. Yeah. yeah. It was so <laughs> clear on that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was the. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe had like kind of a weird life because it sounds like it, it's privileged, but in, it was because he had a family that had money, but they didn't share the money with him really, and 
the dad basically disowned him. He lost his real parents. His right. first fiance kicked him to the curb. He couldn't graduate college because he had no Could you money. Imagine if Edgar Allan Poe would have gotten the small one million dollar loan from his father to, uh, to start his own company. Wow, <laughs> would have been amazing. <laughs> that was clever. Yeah. And if you're smart enough to get that joke, I'm not going to give you the punchline on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's really it. Like, I mean, he he's one of my favorite writers. And if you read his stuff and, and like the more you learn about his life, you can understand like why he wrote the kind of stuff that he wrote um, and his influences. Like you can see that um, in his work, too. I'm a big fan. Um, so I hope this encourages other people who may not have read Edgar Allan Poe to go out there um, and check out. He has some like the pit and the pendulum is like a classic macabre horror story tell, it's just telltale heart telltale heart yep i mean there's that's one of my favorites like he's just a master of horror but not there's a lot of subtext to his work and i really appreciate that because mm-hmm. he said if if it's obvious then it's not art so so interview time though how does it influence your work because i know you do some stuff around horror right so, i do all right so. um well i i took what he's you know the subtext thing to heart like i write some stuff that Yes, might be fairly obvious, but then there are some things I write that have very different undertones. Like the story I'm telling and what I'm actually telling are on two different levels. So it's like the Wizard of Oz kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there is an art to that. There is an art to kind of letting people think they know something, but you have a whole other thing that's going on, you know, and – um not everything I write is art. Some of it's gutter trash, but you know, <laughs> they all can't be genius, you know, works of art. You're but... super famous when you're dead. I'm just, I'm just. Oh my god, right now. sweet. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm okay with this. Um, but yeah, so check out Edgar Allan Poe, and if you get a chance, go to the museum. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Cool. So are you saying it's time to uh... pop out the plugs? Ooh. All right, Cal. You get you know since you walked in a couple minutes late, not your fault. No big deal. We're gonna let you go first. Okay. I, I know I'll, it's crappy out I'll there. Well, uh, since the last time I was here, I sold my tour company. Yes. Oh yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So I, yeah. Now I'm the lead tour guide for the Detroit Bus Company in downtown Detroit. Woo woo. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so you can check us out at uh, the Detroit Bus. Dot com. I'm still learning the ropes there. Like, <laughs> He's think, like, maybe I we have a website. Uh, <laughs> we do. Uh, and then uh, also uh, my own show, Leading Questions with Calvin Moore, every Wednesday on the podcast Detroit Network. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. And when I say Stitcher, I mean you can't find us on Stitcher. I say that all the time. I need to take that out of <laughs> out of the lineup. Uh, I don't even know what fucking Stitcher is. You uh, need to put it on Stitcher. I should put it on Stitcher. Stitcher's well, that, awesome. That's Dave's job. Um, but ooh. Uh, ooh, shots fired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, just uh, Detroit Bus Company. Check that out. We got a lot of different types of tours, and then also my show, Leading Questions with Calvin Moore. Uh, yeah, cool. That's awesome. It. Stuff. Uh, check out the Way Station every other Saturday here on Podcast Detroit. Um, also, check out stephaniemenard.com for most of your Stephanie Menard needs. Uh, you can find links to all my books, my podcasts, um, just like conventions I'm going to be at, stuff I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> Take a look. All that jazz. <laughs> all that jazz. That's all I got. Uh, and for me, uh, you know, I'll, as always, listen to uh, Snake Oil Comics. Snake Oil Horror is there sometimes, occasionally. Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, SourcePoint Press, uh, SourcePointPress.com. I'm unfortunately an owner and have to do work with, for them now. So. <laughs> <laughs> now it's not just building, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their setups for them. Yeah, exactly. And so much more. Yeah. 
Um, listen to uh, An Elegant Weapon with uh, Jay Clark. He's awesome. He's also part of the uh, Podcast Detroit network of shows. Uh, we got all the good shows. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as always, fuck Steve. Fuck <laughs> <Not> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm the Color Man Big Def. And uh, I'm, I'm Calvin. Thanks for having me again. <laughs>